The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. You'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman. Well, first up, more from the Pew Research Center. I shared some insight last week from the organization's May release of a study they call the New Demography of American Motherhood. Extremely, extremely interesting data around moms, who they are, their attitudes and projections. The report actually compared women who gave birth in 2008 with women who gave birth in 1990. Now, the data is based uh, on information from the National Center for Health Statistics and the Census Bureau, and also the Results of a nationwide Pew Research Center survey asking a range of questions about motherhood. Now, birth trends, as we know, have changed dramatically over the last 20 years. And as Americans, uh, you know, we marry later in life and not at all, you know, you, you wouldn't be surprised by this, I'm sure, more births are actually happening outside of marriage. Now, half of the people polled say, now that's bad for society. Others have kind of softened their stance on out of wedlock births. There are two other growing trends captured by this data. The number of women over age 40 having kids. Now, it's actually tripled since 1990. I mean, I personally know that I'm seeing more and more friends over the age 40 actually having their first child. So not shocking to me, probably not shocking to you either. The increase in women over age 30 who undergo fertility treatments to have babies has actually increased. I was a little bit surprised by that. I don't know if it's because we're waiting longer to have children that we're having a harder time. We know that fertility tends to decline after the mid-20s. So still could be the case. The average age for a first baby is 25. Um, that's actually the age of the mom, by the, by the way, not the age of the baby. And that's a year older than in 1990. The prime child-rearing years still remain between the ages of 20 and 34. Also not a shocker, the more education a woman has, the later she marries and has kids. Very interesting stuff, I thought. Well, our purse profile today is Dooney and Burke babes. They are single women in their late 20s. Uh, They're trendsetters. They're very fashion aware. There's almost 1.5 million of them out there. Median age of 21, attending college, single, maybe employed part-time, obviously no kids. They're not one of those women having babies early in life. As I said, they keep up with fashion. 
Um, they like to make a statement. They do spend on impulse, um, spend actually more than they want to on clothes, more than they can afford on clothes, a lot on toiletries and cosmetics. They even say they buy clothes that they don't really need, and they do spend it on the spur of the moment. Their friends are critical to them. They consider themselves ambitious and money-driven, seeking risk and adventure, and they do look for brands, very, very focused, especially on designer brands. They're shopping at Wet Seal. Um, Express, Nordstrom's, Banana Republic, Calvin Klein, American Eagle. Um, they're buying Dove, Wet n' Wild, Chanel, Neutrogena, Almay, Clinique. And they're shopping Guess, Gucci, Kenneth Cole, Prada, Calvin Klein, Amber Combi, and Fitch. So where can you connect with this young woman? Well, she's all over the place. Magazines, cable, TV, primetime, websites. She's reading Allure, U.S. Weekly. Excuse me, I should say that's Us Weekly, not U.S. Weekly. More of the entertainment, not the, new, the uh, news magazine. Vogue, Cosmo, Glamour, Elle, and In Style. She's watching E, VH1, MTV, Comedy Central, Showtime, and TBS. So you can see she's very entertainment-focused there. And her websites are Movie Phone, Barnes & Noble, Facebook, MySpace, Ticketmaster, Blockbuster, and Sprint. Well, I chose the purse profile today because of my guest. My guest is Heidi Dengelmeyer. She is the founder and president of Girl Approved, an all-girl innovation think tank. She and her girl team work with major brands, giving them insights, creative concepts, and strategies they need to succeed with future, future generations of females. She's contributed to four books, published multiple articles, and has been the subject of more than 30 press pieces been on new shows like Bravo and CNN. So more on Heidi and young girls when Purse Strings returns after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is admedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today.
Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Or on demand anytime inside the entertainment channel only on webmasterradio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Welcome back to Purse Strings. My guest for today is Heidi Dangelmeyer and her team at Grill Approved, pioneer of a research and design methodology around post-88s. That's a lot of lingo, but Heidi's going to work it through with me today. Heidi, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. So happy to have you. First, tell us a little bit about Grill Approved. I know you've got a lot to share. There's a lot of exciting things going on there. Um, well, in lots of ways, it's really simple. And... Um, so what we are is a company that actually um, events, we invent and we design new products and brands, but um, it's based on a new female, and that new female is the one that's growing up on social media. And we talk a lot about how technology is allowing new sort of cultural, ch- I mean, new changes for how we communicate and stuff, but social media has also changed people. And so why we call it the post-88 is that the girl who's been raised on social media actually has a different sense of self and identity, and that's going to make her different for pre-88 females, I guess. So anyway, we help brands understand who she is and and invent the products and brands that are going to actually connect with her. Um, So hopefully that's not so complicated. And tell us a little bit, Heidi, about those post-88s, as you call them. I mean, how... How are they dynamically different than, say, anyone born um, pre-88? Well, well, actually, uh, she's a bit more feminine. When there is a part of our personality, it's called ourself, and it's a real complex of, of things like, you know, do we think we're capable of achieving things? Are we compassionate with ourselves? Are we judgmental? Are we confident? Do we have self-integrity in our beliefs and stand up for them? And that sense of self, our relationship with ourself actually forms a relationship with pretty much all products and people. And the because of the Internet, during the sense of self is formed, like, up through about 15 or 16, sort of the foundations of it are laid. And... Thankfully, because of social media um, and, and, you know, where the Internet is day, young girls are able to sort of establish a higher sense of self during those formative years. And that meant, like, at large, there was sort of a shift from sort of a lower sense of self to higher sense of self. And, um, and that's actually pretty fascinating. I mean, if you look at the females in the history of time, I mean, there's, you know, there, there was the first wave of feminism that sort of got us voting and lots of jobs that we weren't, and, you know, so many advances there. But on the inner world of confidence and, and, and um, inner integrity and stuff, there's been, you know, really great things about social media that allowed girls 
to get a context to learn to believe in themselves and to not be so vulnerable to messages in the media. And so, you know, it's actually a really positive change that we've seen. Um, well, and that's good. We all support that, that, right? Not being tied to what the media stereotypes are. And, you know, I have a daughter of 10. She was born in 2000. And so I, I looked very much at um, an interest at what you had to say about post-88s because, you know, she very much, we tried to shield her as much as we can from that TV influence. But it's hard. It's everywhere. I mean, it's you're bombarded by it. So, you know, I, I would have to say that I, I commend um, post-88s for not being as focused on the media well, and what you know, the media might say. Well, it's funny because in, the, in their, you know, in the past, you were sort of only endorsed by, you know, to have a strong sense of self, somebody's got to tell you you're okay, you have to, you know, and before you start negative opinions of yourself, you have to have a foundation where your the good is reinforced. And today, like, you know, where we might see, oh, look at that model. She looks so glamorous all the time. But on the flip side, we can see her on, like, a Perez Hilton and say, wait a minute here. She doesn't have makeup on, you know. So, actually, what all this sort of openness is giving girls access to truth, mm-hmm. you know, that was kind of concealed before. And other things are really positive, like, you know, um, you can be, like, in a neighborhood that's really, let's say, conservative or different than yourself. And... Let's say you're really creative amongst, you know, really conservative people. They might, you might think you're weird, but you can go online today and be okay at a larger level because you can find like-minded people. So somebody who could be fundamentally a good person but maybe artistic amongst a strict family, you know, before she starts thinking that she's such a weirdo and there's something wrong with her, she can find that there's other artistic people and it's okay to be herself. So there's even writing and expressing yourself is how you come to understand yourself and getting feedback. And before, we didn't have those venues, and somebody had to give us permission to write. But now we don't need permission. And self-expression is an important part of self-understanding and observation. So, you know, as much as, in some ways, media is off the charts in terms of, like, the sensationalism and all the, the ick, on the other hand, there's a really healthy upside to what's happening, you know, that can make you immune to a lot of that crap. So, like, a post-80 girl might say, here's, you know, oh, they'll have a sexy beer ad, and instead of getting mad at a guy, she'll go, well, whatever, he finds that sexy, it's not sexy to me. So, mm-hmm. Or, like, even in video game technology, like, when I started on my design work, it might be before that a girl would say, oh, I'm not bad, at, I'm just bad at games. Where, like, a post-80 girl will say, why don't you make a girl I like? So these are, like, deep differences that are happening. And it's going to affect a lot of brands because they can't force their truths and, you know, their formulas on girls. All the shoulds, you need to be this way to be loved and this way to be a good mom and this way. You know, the thing is is that a stronger sense of self won't buy into that unless it's consistent with her own belief system. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, too. I would imagine with all that so much more transparency and and a, and a young woman able to get this information from all kinds of outlets, I would imagine that marketers have a real opportunity to connect with her in a space that feels really true and authentic. Do you feel marketers are really, A, paying enough attention to young girls and doing it the right way? Absolutely not. And um, I think that, in fact, what I, why this is really interesting 
is that for many years, we as females have been sort of forced into, I mean, at the, basically at the core of our design system and our design processes and even the, the definitions of technology, it's kind of been driven a lot by masculine preferences. But the more somebody is, with, I see with these females, the more females are confident, the more they just want to be themselves, guess what? They're females. And that's actually going to force us to understand things we don't really know, like what is sexy to a female, not to a man. We, we still don't know what that looks like. How do women relate to money? How would that affect, is that different than men? How would that affect banking? And I think what was, you know, the sort of the, the big picture of what we ended up finding out was that most of the language of design and marketing has been sort of established on masculine values. And they're not necessarily what, as you become more confident at a younger age as a female, is what females actually value. And so I think it's going to actually open up a lot of questions that have never really been considered because, you know, we've kind of been living in a, like a man-made design system for a long time. And, you know, like, and it's different, like, like even makeup. Are you doing it because you are afraid of the way you look or ashamed or are you doing it just because, hey, blue's really pretty and you're into blue. That would be a pure feeling. So mm-hmm. I think we're not having actually as a culture and the people that are actually doing most of advertising and marketing haven't really had to deal with uh, this kind of level of, of female inner strength. And that's what's going to be different. And, I, <clears throat> you know, it's going to make us have to understand at a deeper, less superficial level the more confident you are, the more, like, you're not as divisive. So a lot of those things about you're, you're Asian, you know, and I'm white, all of that, or you're gothic girl, all of that divisiveness, the more confident you get, you're just more accepting of other people. So I think it's going to actually force profound changes that we've never had to face before, and they're important ones, very good ones. Um, you know, like, even in technology, females relate very different to you know, they're, they're, how much they want to, like, download, install apps, constantly reconfigure their machines. I mean, if we look at who's steering technology and we look at gender differences in the use of these things, we're going into an era which is a lot about, um, uh, like, tinkering. And most women aren't that excited to be tinkering at their machine. It's not recreational. So, you know, I see this topic, not only of post-88s, but what's intrinsically feminine versus masculine, like hitting us up all over the place. Um, I would be remiss not to mention that. Do you, do you feel like the feminine aesthetic is incorporated to the best of its ability in the marketplace right now? Do you feel like there's a distinctly feminine feel? And I'm not talking about painting things pink because you know, that, no. that doesn't really work. But what do you think of the design, especially for younger consumers, younger female consumers? I think it's really, and I think it's not understood. I mean, the, you know, we worked on a product, um, just a great example, it was with Axe. And um, what was fascinating was when women described hair, we used 18 parameters, like length, color, effort, you know, texture, blah, blah, and then used two two variables to describe hair. 
And that 18 versus 2 is really classic. Females, and, and even as they come to understand the mind, they use more adjectives, adverbs. And I think that their design, this factors into aesthetics, sensual sensibility, language, the art. And I think that it's really, in fact, they're sophisticated and Usually, when it comes to female design, it's dumbed down. It's doodles. It's unbranded. And, they, you know, unfortunately, we're not – I mean, a lot of what we have to do is start pioneering. What is pretty to us? What's useful to us? What's sexy to us? What is cute? Cute's kind of a sophisticated – like, because there's cheap-looking cute and there's more sophisticated cute, which actually all – I mean, I think Pixar does really good with more sophisticated cute, you know, that somehow it reaches your heart and it's adorable, but it's not – it's childish it's in the, in the yeah, best way. Yeah, it's not dumped way. down. Yeah, it's not dumb. You know, and, and even when you speak to, like, the, 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 the people who run the most common magazines out there for young females, there's, even that, I don't think, when I bring a team of girls into a meeting, the assumption isn't that, oh, here comes thought leadership. But if I had a team of men, I swear, as an engineer, and that's what I am, in Silicon Alley, and they were like 16 to 22, and they were like top of their class, and they were coming up with new ideas, I mean, people would say, here's the future. And what I think I've, I've discovered is that, you know, even women have prejudice against young females as thought leaders and creative leaders, you know, and I think that this is something that I've like, learned by accident, and it's kind of sad, actually. I mean, how many times do you go in and we're like, oh, we thought because they're younger, we're going to talk about, like, you know, silly girl things. Well, you know, why? How old was Bill Gates, you know, when he went out to sign Microsoft? He was a college student himself, you know. So I think, or how many times do I show my art portfolio into big events, like the American Institute of Graphic Arts had a big event, and they thought, oh, I thought girl work would look dumb or I, wouldn't, mm. I didn't realize it would be sophisticated. And I hear this over and over again, even from women. Why do we think, you know? So I think there's a lot of silent and accidental prejudice you know, that happens. And it's, it's been, that part's fascinating and, and tragic sort of at the same time. Well, it is you because know. you would think we would have come so much further than that. I mean, it, that especially with the focus on women and girls coming up through education, there's been so much focus on giving girls a leg up and giving them additional courses and, and almost to, to the negative of young boys. You know, now boys are starting to lag. It just doesn't seem, it seems incongruent, really, that, there would be that disconnect in what we expect from our young women and, and the, the emphasis we've put on them. I mean, how do, you, how do you think we can help society navigate that? Well, I mean, it's, I mean and believe me, you know, like, as a, and this has been horrible, like, as a scientist, like, and I think I, I said, you know, like, I went through, I was a robotics Princeton PhD student, like, obviously, I... I the work that I do here is pioneering. We really have to pioneer, like I said, the questions, like how do we relate to money and how does it affect banking interface? Like fascinating topics go on here. I feel like my academic respect, like my intellectual respect, the moment I start with young females went down, yet the topics are more complex than anything I faced before. And, you know, how do we change it? I mean, I, mean, I think the one thing I've learned is that, you know, and, and this is funny, but like, 
it's up to females. We can't get mad at what exists, and it's up to us. If we don't, if that's not sexy to us, then it's up to us to create what is sexy to us. If we feel like technology is moving too fast, we need to create a system where it's actually, you know, if we don't like the concepts that are out there, they feel like they're racing by or whatever, we need to create our own systems. And so what I also realized is that I think there's been a lot of times that we've been mad because they're not making the right thing and there's jokes about that when, in, you know, like we can't expect men to do that. So I think that, you know, like part of it, we have to be more proactive and owning, you know. Mm-hmm. If, if we don't know what sexy looks like, it's because we didn't make it. We can't expect mm-hmm. a man to do that. Mm-hmm. If we're uncomfortable in certain situations that we think need to change, well, we need to change that. So I think that the only thing you can do is lead by example, and, you know, and keep speaking up. I mean, that's what we find. And so, I mean, one of the things that we've been doing is, you know, it would be great just to talk to brands, but we've been actually going to the, the people that have led the foundations like at Stanford and Industrial Design and, you know, the, you know, the people that are at the largest organizations of design and computer science and going to talk to them. Because I think that, you know, somebody has to speak up and say, hey, you know, you know, did you model that system after a masculine preferences here? And I'm not saying men and women don't share things. They share many things, but there's many they do not. And we know enough about the brain today and how it processes information, you know, and how we respond to things that there's really deep and intrinsic gender differences. Even in what's useful, how many things does a man play with and you're like, it's boring. You know, how many shows do we watch where they're laughing and we're not? And instead of, you know... And it's not a thing to get mad about. It's a thing to appreciate. So I think it's, you know, it's just through really respecting that we're different and appreciating that and in starting to create new systems, you know, that work for us. We need to not be just using technology. We have to be involved in the creation of it. And yet every year less and less females go into computer science. It's under like 10% now. It keeps going down each year. So, you know, I think it's, it's by finding a place at the top and recognizing we're responsible for making the world a world that we fit into also. Absolutely. You know, and, Taking and, control you know, like, of it and, and leading by example, as you so wisely it. I mean, stated. From these girls, they, we have, we're unaccountable to that. But also, you know, like it's some going to brands, and then we have to go to the education system because so many times, and I get girls from every, like this summer, every school, Stanford, all over the world, really come here and, you know, and there's consistent experiences where she'll show me her portfolio, and then, but here's what I really like to do, because, and what she really liked to do is really strong work, but here's what my professor told me to do, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so, like, I think, you know, recognizing all over the place we've been, you know, by accident, even in our design worlds, led by, you know, the original laws of design, which men made, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that means, and I mean, you know, I think we have to sort of start from scratch in a lot of areas and make that recognition. And and, and and it can bring great innovation when we make that recognition. Right. And when we make an investment into girls and their ideas and, and really exactly. run with it as opposed and to challenging see them it. as actually yeah. economically, you know, like, you know, this will bring us forward. Because if we're making a lot of things that don't work, and that's from an advertisement to a product, we're wasting money. You know, and so I think... I mean, I think we have to start respecting, you know, the intellects of females. And, and, I mean, 
You know, like, here's something that happens, like, all over from girls from design school. Like, a standard protocol would be, like, you're supposed to come up with 35 ideas or something like that. Just let them come out. Brainstorm. And girls are uncomfortable doing that, and that's because of the way their brains are wired. They're troubleshooting as they go. So they're comfortable coming up with five ideas they know are going to work and not 35 where they know 30 are, like, intrinsically flawed. And all the and that has to do with the way our minds are wired. There's a lot more interconnection, so it's like we troubleshoot as we go. So all over, girls come together, and they're like, oh, my gosh. And they, you know, they're girls that enter, and they're like valedictorian and stuff, but they go into these environments, and it's not natural because it's almost, you know, they're uncomfortable writing down an idea that's flawed. But it's yeah. very much parallels the way men's minds and women's minds are wired. You know, when you get these sort of build-up of things, you get how girls are more, you know, maybe they understand humans better, but they don't have the hand-to-eye coordination to use the programs. Where very much boys developing video games is very similar to some of the design tools. They are more comfortable with that sort of trial and error at a machine process. So these things are all around us in subtle ways, but, I mean, I think the first is awareness. That's where everything has to start. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think probably some retailers have caught on to this. Have you seen some retailers breaking out and trying to do a good job, at least a good job, maybe not a great job, of capturing this young woman market? And I, I don't blame anybody because it's, this is all, it's, it's new stuff, you know, and I feel like everybody tries their best, you know, and if what we don't know, we don't know. Um, but let me try to think of who... When I say, hey, that's a step forward. I mean, like, you know, like, historically, there were certain breakthroughs. Like, even when Victoria's Secret Pink came along, at least they brought color, or and they said, hey, there's a different relationship to my underwear than just to a man. It can just be playful. Well, now it's a bit frisky, too, but, like, brought colors in, you know. And, you know, and I know when I was growing up, there was, like, creams and beiges, and there was no, like, playful part of that part of me, you know. So, you know, like... And that spawned a whole change in, in the underwear industry. I'm trying to think of somebody who, who like, you know, like, oh, man, that was, like, really great, you know. Um, I think there's a lot of focus on women, but sometimes it's, it tends to be about more shoulds, like you should be more fit and you should be more intelligent. You know, I'm trying to think of something that I've seen you know, I think Sephora, at least the whole cosmetic thing, is more of a playground, and that's sort of a nice atmosphere. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. no, but I, I, it's hard to think of many. And also you have to remember the changes I'm talking about are very new. So, Heidi, clearly there's lots of opportunity out there for marketers to capture and connect with this, this young female audience because there's really nobody out there doing a great job, right? Yeah, I mean, that's... The exciting part is the opportunities, you know, and that's everywhere we look. And there's not one topic we didn't put, you know, that we didn't pick up that doesn't like, well, you know, everything has changed. And you have to remember, you know, like, and, yeah, it's um, not only has, you know, the the girl changed, but we're in an environment where even culturally we need to change to sustain the planet. And, you know, we know we've gone through a lot as an American culture. So there, I just see nothing but possibility. And that's a great, you know, a great exciting place to be. I don't think they should ignore her. I think that they should see her as a chance to take new leadership. 
Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And Heidi, the work you're doing at Girl, Girl Approved hopefully will allow people to sit up, take notice, and and start this process that, as you said, is just now beginning to get entrenched. And I'm sorry to say we've, we've run out of time, but I so appreciate you taking the time today to share your thoughts on this dynamic market, the young female audience clearly starting to emerge, and marketers out there, you need to sit up and take notice before you miss the boat. Um, Heidi, thanks so much for being on the show today. Oh, well, thank you. I really appreciate anyone who, you know, there's so much young talent out there, and it's nice to have someone stand up for it because it can make a difference, you know, so it's nice in a great economic way, too, not just for girls themselves. So thank you so much for, you know, respecting us enough to talk. Absolutely, and I wish you the best of luck there at Girl Approved. And for everyone who wants to know a little bit more about Heidi and her great work at Girl Approved, you can check it out at girlapproved.com. And thanks to my producer, George, for another great show. Join me next week right here at 3 o'clock Eastern Time for another edition of Purse Strings. I'll be speaking with Renita Van Dusen. She's an expert in designing and marketing to women. She uses creative exercises and compelling case studies to show her clients how to create brands that resonate. Um, You'll take away three critical design steps that are necessary to reach your most important consumer, the woman, of course. Well, have a great day. And until then, make it a great one.